Hello and welcome to the Ask the Regulator podcast. I'm Gemma and today we will be exploring the dangers and pitfalls of online shopping, something that the majority of us now do. I'll be finding out what we should all be looking out for and getting some top tips from Trading Standards Wales' Lead Officer for Intellectual Property, Darren Davis. There are also issues around the sales of animals, such as puppies online. So I'll be talking to Gareth Walters from Trading Standards Wales about what we can all do to spot these issues and how we can all play our part in the protection of animals. Darren, I've read this year that it is predicted that we will have nearly 60 million e-commerce users in the UK, and we are now spending more money online too, with the Office of National Statistics stating that we're spending around 5% more online now than we did pre-pandemic. So, with so many of us now doing more shopping online, what are the main issues that trading standards are seeing with online sales? Currently, uh, counterfeit goods are a major problem for uh, trading standards. Counterfeit goods are fake products deliberately made to seem genuine. Uh, These have been uh, produced and sold for many, many years. But the growth of the internet has made it easier for more and more counterfeiters to sell more and more goods to more people. As many are so skilled that it is almost impossible to determine uh, a fake product from the real thing. Uh, the most commonly sold fake goods uh, currently on the internet include designer garments, bags, watches, sunglasses, cosmetics, even alcohol and cigarettes, and recently um, pharmaceuticals as well. Uh, also, the availability of pirated goods uh, such as CDs, DVDs, games, and software has declined as downloads and streaming become more and more um, popular. However, uh, the live streaming uh, of sporting events and uh, downloading of films via Internet Protocol TV (IPTV) uh, uh, is actually illegal without the correct uh, license and authorization. And as the lead officer for intellectual property, can you explain what intellectual property is and why it's such an important area of work for trading standards? Intellectual property is important to our daily lives. Intellectual property is the name commonly given to a group of property rights, such as trademarks, copyright designs and patents. The brand names and logos on clothes like t-shirts, articles in newspapers, TV programs, pop songs, films, and fashion design all have a strong connection with intellectual property. In general, trademarks apply to logos, symbols, and branding. Patents apply to inventions and innovations, while copyright applies to creative works. All of them are designed to make sure that other people can't take advantage of your ideas or work. The manufacturing sale of counterfeit goods is illegal. Buying counterfeit goods, however, is not illegal, even if you do so knowingly. At best, your bargain buy could turn out to be a copy DVD which is fuzzy, or a designer hoodie that falls to pieces after the first wash. But fake items can be dangerous, especially electrical items such as hairdryers, straighteners and shavers. They, They rarely meet the national standards that are in place for a reason to protect the safety of consumers. While you may uh, pay more for the genuine article in a reputable or accredited shop, you can be sure uh, you are getting what you were paid for. And there are numerous consumer protection laws available for you to use if you are not uh, happy with your purchase. You will also be supporting the businesses of the local person 
who is working hard to offer legal, high-quality goods in order to support themselves, their family and the local community. And that's a really important point there as well. So you mentioned there some of the safety concerns around these types of goods. So what are the main dangers that you see um, around people buying counterfeit goods or fakes online? Typically, counterfeit goods are of inferior quality to the genuine article and may not look as good. In the case of clothing, uh, fit as well, or in the case of electroglycans, work as well. They might, may not even be fit for purpose. Buying counterfeit goods may put your safety or others uh, at risk. Fake electrical goods are not tested as genuine ones have to be, so may cause shock or catch fire. Fake fragrances and cosmetics will, again, be untested and may contain high levels of toxic chemicals. Also, some websites advertising the selling counterfeit goods are unsafe uh, to use in that the personal details uh, could be compromised and your computer or mobile uh, device infected by malware. Buying counterfeit goods also damages the businesses of the manufacturers of the genuine items and the livelihood of their employees. It also reduces the volume of money going into our country's economy. Some counterfeit goods are produced also using slave labour. Proceeds of the sale of counterfeit goods are often used to fund more sinister organised crimes such as smuggling, slavery and terrorism. The details you enter uh, on a website uh, selling counterfeit goods could be exploited by criminals, for example. They could set up further illegal websites with you registered as the owner. So producing and selling goods for financial gain by using a trademark without the owner's permission are crimes which carry heavy penalties, including substantial fines and or imprisonment. Yeah, and some scary things that you've mentioned there as well, Darren. So we're coming up to that time of year where lots of people may be considering buying presents for the festive period. Could you share your top tips with us for shopping safely online and for avoiding purchasing the types of unsafe products that you've mentioned? Um, some of the top tips are uh, buy only from reputable sellers. You know what to be genuine from uh, experience or recommendations. Read forums and blogs. Check the website's grammar and spelling including the spelling in the website address. Fraudsters often make slight changes in the address to fool you into believing it's genuine. It is always best to manually type in the address you know to be correct. If buying from an auction site, check the seller's credentials and read reviews. Be wary of goods advertised on social media sites or via text messages. Check to see if the seller has a postal address and not just a PO box or an e email address. Remember that a .co.uk address is no proof that a website is based in the UK. Check for a returns policy or guarantee. Most rogue traders will not offer these. If a normal expensive item is offered cut price, ask yourself why is this the case. Check the payment pages secure. Never pay for goods by bank transfer. A request for payment in this way often indicates a scam and your bank will not be obliged to refund your money. The message from Trading Standards this year is, is the same as always. Have a safe, legal Christmas and only buy from reputable or accredited sellers. Some brilliant advice there, Darren. Thank you. And with money being so tight for everyone at the moment, with the cost of living crisis and more of us now wanting to take action to protect the environment, there is a growing trend for people to buy more goods secondhand. For example, I've often purchased secondhand clothes for my children as they grow out of the clothes so quickly. And the money then also helps other parents to buy new clothes for their little ones. So it's a common thing, isn't it, for people to set up local buy and sell pages on social media for their community to help people to buy and sell goods. 
but we do see those groups being used to sell counterfeit or fake goods. So do you have any advice for the people who are running such groups? Online and social media marketing places are a growing phenomenon, offering many economic and social benefits. Just like markets and car boot fairs in the physical world, they can provide bargains for consumers and an environment for legitimate sellers, local businesses, startups and large enterprises to trade successfully. However, the internet and the online marketplace are not uniformly regulated and therefore can offer easy opportunities for those um, who wish to trade illegally, particularly in counterfeits and copyright infringing products. The reputation of an online market or social media selling group can very quickly be undermined if it is infiltrated by unscrupulous individuals selling counterfeits or other illegal products. Sadly, this is a problem for many online trading sites. When the illicit traders move in, a whole host of problems could follow. Um, however, um, there is a real deal online uh, campaign which provides a practical solution for local authority trading standards services to tackle this problem. The Real Deal is established a successful cross-sector partnership initiative, bringing together local authority trade and standard services, industry groups and copyright and trademark owners, all of whom are united with a common commitment to tackle the sale of IP infringing goods. The Real Deal Online campaign introduces a code of practice for online and social media selling groups, where the focus is to make the operator or administrator of the online social media uh, selling group aware of his or her responsibilities and li liabilities under IP law. It's also to facilitate engagement between operators and administrators of the selling group and the local trade and standard service, and to encourage the selling group and operators to agree to the real deal online code of practice and to display it with, uh, within the group as a message to all buyers and sellers and visitors to the group. The code of practice uh, requires a selling group's administrator to agree to a following five-step action plan. In essence, the code of practice requires the administrator to liaise with the local trade standards service to welcome its officers as members of the group and to agree to the following five uh, steps. Firstly, to prohibit the sale of counterfeit and other illicit goods. To act as an inf uh, information from IP rights owners and their representatives who highlight the sale of illegal goods to notify trading standards if they believe the legal goods have been sold within the group and to exclude the sellers of these groups, to highlight warning and advice notices posted by trading standards, and finally, to make sure that all the members of the groups are aware it is a fake-free policy. Once the administrator is confirmed with the local trading standards that they agree to follow to follow the, the steps of the code of practice, including allowing trading standards to be a member of the group, then they can display the code of practice within, within their group uh, and re display the real deal logo. So if any administrators of online and social media markets are interested, then please contact our local council training standards departments for, for more information. Fabulous, that sounds really helpful. And how can our listeners, people within our community and our local businesses, help trading standards to tackle these intellectual property issues in our communities? If you feel you've been sold a fake or dangerous item or know of someone selling these items, then please contact the independent charity Crime Stoppers anonymously on 0800-555-111 or your local council trade and standards department. For further advice on your, your statutory rights, please contact Citizens Advice Consumer Services, a government-backed telephone and online consumer advice service that works in partnership with the local trade and standards service on 0808 223 1133. 
Uh, if you are a victim of counterfeit fraud, you may also uh, report it to Action Fraud on 0300-123-2040. Thanks, Darren. That was really interesting. And we'll put details of all of those telephone numbers and how you can report all of those issues on the Trading Standards Wales website. Following on from in that enlightening chat with Darren, today's regulatory roundup is all about the work that Trading Standards Wales is doing to tackle these issues. In the last six months, Trading Standards services across Wales have received over 100 complaints from the public relating to just intellectual property matters, and we know that these matters are significantly underreported. The majority of these complaints relate to counterfeit clothing and cigarettes. There have also been at least seven prosecutions relating to intellectual property cases taken by Trading Standards Services across Wales during this time. Trading Standards Wales have also carried out projects to help identify and reduce intellectual property crime in our communities. This includes working with self-storage units to help them identify where organised criminal gangs may be using their services to store their counterfeit products. Remember, if you are aware that someone is using your business or property to commit criminal offences, then you could be committing criminal offences yourself. And there have also been social media campaigns encouraging the reporting of these concerns to Crime Stoppers, which you can do anonymously. Please do help us to tackle these issues. More information about the topics on today's podcast and how to report these issues to us can be found on the Trading Standards Wales website, as mentioned earlier. I'd now like to bring Gareth Walters in, who is the Strategic Lead for Animal Health and Welfare for Trading Standards Wales. Welcome to Ask the Regulator, Gareth. Thank you, Gemma. It's great to be here. So before the regulatory roundup, I was talking to Darren about the dangers of online shopping. But it isn't just goods like makeup, toys and electrical products that are searched for online, is it? People are also turning to the internet when they're looking to buy a new pet. So, Gareth, are there any issues around online shopping or browsing for a new addition to the family that we should all be aware of? No, unfortunately, more and more animals are being sold online. With the growing number of online businesses and the move away from the traditional high street business, businesses need to look for new ways to attract customers. Combine this with the large number of social media platforms and suddenly you have a huge market list much wider than what you would get as a small business in a local community. People need to be wary, as with any online purchase. In, in fact, I would probably go to say they probably need to be even more cautious and do as many checks as possible before committing to a purchase. Pet sellers not operating on a commercial basis do not necessarily require a license or registration. It opens the door to anyone being able to sell but without necessarily having bred animals to expected animal welfare standards or meeting the requirements expected of licensed businesses. They will also find their consumer rights will have been compromised should, should there be a problem. It also allows organised criminality to go under the radar of the general public and authorities by posing as sellers, raising pets in a family environment. I can't emphasise enough that people need to take their time, ensure they ask the right questions do their checks, and ideally, if they are purchasing a puppy, see it in the home environment with its mother. Most importantly of all, though, is not to allow their hearts to be persuaded them to cut corners. 
I know how hard this is, though, especially where they feel sorry for the puppy. Yeah, very, very difficult. And you mentioned organised crime there, Gareth. What does Trading Standards Wales do to combat these criminal activities and to safeguard the welfare of such animals and legitimate breeders? Um, over the past two or three years, Trading Standards Wales has been targeting this organised criminality, not only to ensure the welfare of, of the animals, but also to afford those legitimate licensed businesses are given the protection they deserve. Licensed breeders invest and spend considerable time and money in ensuring that they meet the license conditions. With dog breeders in particular, socialization and enhancement plans are put in place for puppies to ensure that they are sold, hopefully to their forever home, and they are able to cope with a wide variety of environments they could encounter. The Local Authority Enforcement Project has enabled intelligence to be developed, identifying several organised crime groups, and to date, nine warrants have been executed and over 330 dogs seized or signed over. The rest of the project is focused on ensuring that legislation is enforced consistently, officers receive suitable training and guidance, and loopholes are closed, and ultimately the highest standards of animal welfare are ensured. Could you share with us a specific example of an investigation or an intervention that Trading Standards Wales have been involved with, just to give us more of an insight into the work that you're carrying out? We have a few ongoing investigations. A few involve illegal imports that are being passed off as rescued animals from Eastern European countries. Another involves puppies being sold, claimed as abandoned, when actually they have been purchased purposely to trade. Where the inspections of licensed breeders have now been raised to the standards that should be expected, it has identified significant shortcomings in historic inspections. In the main, this is down to insufficient resources and expertise, where officers are stretched, covering a much wider remit. However, recent inspections have shown some fundamental checks have been missed historically, including identification of a stolen dog that has been since reunited with its real owners. Oh, what a fantastic story. And I bet after all the, the hardship that you see with animals, it's lovely to have those good news stories to share and, and for the officers to, to witness those good news stories as well, Gareth. If any of our listeners are looking to purchase a new pet, what advice would you give them? First of all, if at all possible, I would plead they look for a licensed pet seller, whether that be a pet shop or a licensed dog breeder. It is vital that you do your research. Firstly, into the exact needs and care requirements of the animal being purchased. This could be both timely and costly, so you need to be prepared. Secondly, into where and who you are purchasing off. If they aren't required to have a license, as they are outside the legislative requirements, then is everything as it appears. Do your checks. Ask for a veterinary check as part of the purchase. But if things don't appear right, do not go ahead with the transaction, just because you think you are saving the animal. All you are doing is perpetuating the situation. And finally, Gareth, many of our listeners will be animal lovers, and I'm sure they will want to know how they can let trading standards know if they have any concerns about the things you've talked about today. So what can they do to help? Well, what they shouldn't do is do nothing. There are a few ways they can report any concerns they have. 
in the first instance, I would ask that they contact the local authority or the local authority with the person they have a concern about is based. Alternatively, they can call Crime Stoppers completely anonymously on 0800 555 or alternatively, again, they can email animal licensing at monmouthshire.gov.uk. The more information they can provide, the better. But even if, if it is a limited or seems appears small to them, it could be a significant piece of a much bigger picture. So please take the time to report it. Thank you, Gareth, and to Darren for your really interesting insights into the world of online sales and for making us aware of the dangers and pitfalls and for sharing your top tips for avoiding them. Some really valuable advice given there. So that is our last podcast of Trading Standards Wales Week, and I really hope you found the week informative and that it has given you an insight into some of the work that Trading Standards Wales and the wider trading standards profession undertake. As you will have seen across the week, much of the work Trading Standards does may go unnoticed day to day, but it is vital for the protection of our legitimate businesses and for all of us as consumers throughout all the stages of our lives. Thank you so much for the engagement we've received over the week from the public, local businesses and all of our stakeholders and partners. Although the week may be coming to a close, the work of Trading Standards is never done and you can continue to help to support this work by following Trading Standards Wales and your local Trading Standards service on social media to keep yourself up to date with what is happening in Wales and your community. You can also help us by liking, sharing and discussing these issues with your friends and family. Don't forget, you can access all of the podcasts from this week on the Trading Standards Wales website, tradingstandards.gov.wales, as well as lots of other information about Trading Standards Wales Week and the ongoing work of Trading Standards. You can also follow us on Twitter at WalesTS. On our next episode of Ask the Regulator, we will be talking about rogue traders with Steve Bumford from Shared Regulatory Services Special Investigations and Safeguarding Team. So if you haven't done so already, please do follow us on platforms such as Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us again on Ask the Regulator. <laughs>